Good morning, Beacon. Welcome back to Sunday on the Sofa Part 2. Hope you've all had great weeks. Hope you've been enjoying all the sunshine. Uh, it's been beautiful out there, hasn't it? It's been great weather, all things considered, while we're stuck indoors. Um, this morning, uh, we're going to be following the same format as last week. Uh, we'll have some teaching in a little while, and then we'll be following that up with some uh, discussion pointers, prayer pointers, what you can do as well. Um, just down below, uh, you should see some um, song links. Um, you can save those till the end, if you wish. If you'd rather um, worship in a moment through song by clicking on those now, feel free to do that and come back to the teaching and the prayer, prayer time after. Um, but if you want to save that to the end, if you found that work for you um, last week, then do so. That's, that's free for you to do. Um, before we head into some teaching, uh, I just want to share a little testimony from Louise Mills. I'm going to hand over to her now. And uh, she'll, let, she'll tell you the story. It's just a wonderful little story. Here we go. Over to Lou. Hi, everyone. Uh, we all knew that God was going to use this situation for good. Um, so I just wanted to share with you a little testimony that I've been able to witness over the past week or so uh, regarding my mum. So she was baptised as a teenager, but hasn't been in a relationship with Jesus for probably the last 20 years or so. Um and this past week she's been self-isolating at home and she has started to pray and it's just been amazing. She has really experienced that peace that we're promised, the peace that surpasses all understanding and it's really had an impact on her. She's been worshipping in the mornings, she's, well you can just tell that she's full of the Holy Spirit and um yeah, it's amazing. I was able to have a really frank conversation with her about the fact that um, when Jesus heals us, you know, he's not just concerned with our bodies. He he wants our hearts. He wants us to repent and fully turn to him. Otherwise, the healing hasn't had its full effect. And if we come out of this virus um, having with healthy bodies, but not having fully turned to him then um, then we're not receiving the full blessing and she's really she really understands that that's really kind of made sense to her and she's in a place where she's ready to recommit and she sent my my kids this lovely video today just saying how she was praying and feeling so peaceful and joyful and telling them that she's really excited to come to church with them um, once all this is done. So I just wanted to share that as an encouragement because I'm sure we're going to hear lots of these stories over the coming weeks. Um, see you later. Thank you, Lou. How amazing is that, that God is clearly still um, up to his great good works. He's still working behind the scenes, changing people's hearts, transforming lives. We need to celebrate that in the uh, the loss of things that things that we uh, we've once treasured and we've now lost uh god is creating and demonstrating and proving uh, there are rich uh nuggets uh there's rich strains of gold still available for us to uh, unearth discover enjoy that he brings our way he's transforming lives amen he's still at work um so w without much further ado um let me hand over to david horrell be um finishing up uh, our week of prayer by looking more specifically at the situation at hand, taking us through the book of Ruth. 
Um, I'm going to hand over to him now, grab your cuppa, and uh, let me just pray first. Lord, we just thank you for your scripture that it is uh, always relevant. Uh, you are still speaking to us through your word, Lord. As we come to it now, as we hear the story of Ruth, and as David opens it up to our current context, Lord, may we have uh, listening ears, uh, hungry hearts, and uh, that we might be available um, to step into whatever it is you're asking us to step into. We uh, give ourselves to you and uh, we ask that you will speak in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. See you in a bit. Over to David. Good morning and welcome everybody. Hello. How are you all today? You know, I think it's going to seem like a long haul, um, but we can flex our muscles a bit and rise to become overcomers in this situation in Jesus name we've uh, reached the fourth week uh, in our series on prayer on this day 29th of March 2020 it's our second week to a virtual church um, it's also the last in our series on prayer this is week four um, and I'm sort of picking up the pieces and concluding this series as well as giving some attention to the unexpected fallout of COVID-19, how it affects us as Beacon, how it affects Vibe and I thought these guys who own the building we go into, um, they're in the catering trade, um, they're going to be needy people. Uh, we need to pray for them. But it also affects work situations uh, and our family responsibilities. And whilst these reflect the pieces of practical church and daily life abnormally as we don't want it, we do want to post these days in the light of the gospel and the redemptive plan of God that he has for his world in 2020. We just need to remember that we're working with God, not against him. The Bible tells us we share in his suffering as well as his glory. Sometimes we lose to gain. Sometimes we take one step backwards to take two forwards. But we still need to take ground. We still know to go forward. We need to be overcomers. And we can, and we can, if we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. You might like to find um, on your phone, your iPad, or Bibles if you've got it, um, an Old Testament passage, which we're going to look at this morning. It's in Ruth 1. The book is sandwiched between Judges and 1 Samuel. To help us engage uh, with this current situation, we're going to look at a lady in this book, in the story, um, a lady called Naomi. She is found in the book um, of Ruth as a partner to a greater story, one which we cannot delve in today. 
Naomi, this wife of a man called Elimelech, uh, who because of a famine took her and their two sons out and away from their hometown of Bethlehem. They went to another region called Moab. Some ten years on, her husband died and so did the two sons, who had by this time been married to local Moabitish women. A move against the direction God gave for his people. The news that God now had visited his people back in Bethlehem and that the famine was over caused Naomi to pick up sticks and go back. The journey back was a difficult one, problematic, even though her, daughter, her daughter-in-law Ruth made the decision to commit herself wholeheartedly to Naomi, which we find that she really did later on, she committed to Naomi and she made the decision to commit herself wholeheartedly both to Naomi, to her people, to their God, their country and you know what she was in whatever the outcome. As Beacon family um, whatever's happening in the moment whatever the outcome are we in? Are we in whatever the outcome? It's a good thing just to reflect on and say, am I that committed? Uh, am I in whatever the outcome? There may be a tendency to say it's not working, you know, I, I feel left out and I can't cope with it like this. But we just need to have a, some commitment to know how important the church is and say we're in whatever the outcome. Well let's read the story uh, in Ruth 1. It's a lovely story. Chapter 1 verse 1. Book of Ruth. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. And a man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Marlon and Chilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judea. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died. And she was left with her two sons, these Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpah and the name of the other Ruth. And they lived there about ten years. And both Marlon and Chilion died so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she was with her two daughters-in-law, and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, 
Go, return each of you to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you, as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb, that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, even if I should have a husband this night and should bear sons, would you therefore wait till they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, for it is exceedingly bitter to me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. And she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. What a lovely phrase of commitment. Verse 17. Where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. May the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts me from you. And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more. So the two of them went out and went on until they came to Bethlehem. And when they came to Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women said, Is this Naomi? She said to them, Do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi, when the Lord has testified against me, and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me? So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, with her, who returned from the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of barley harvest. Well, Father, we thank you for this, this lovely story. Help us to learn some lessons from it this morning uh, in the situation we're in, but for our needs and your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. We've moved to Vibe. We've moved away from Vibe because of the current situation. You know, it's second best to actually being together at Vibe. Moab, in a sense, was second best to Bethlehem. Elimelech, he moved his family away from their home, most likely because they were desperate for food 
but um, the text, the underlying suggestion in the, in the text is that there was food in Bethlehem, but it wasn't the salt he was really used to, or he really liked, and so they couldn't, and so they moved away. Now, whether the moves uh, were good or bad remains to be evaluated. We'll look a little closer at the text and uh, uh, and learn some things from it. The first thing, the first point is that this is a bad move in desperate times. You know, Bethlehem was a place to be lived in, not left. And I could just say, you know, that um, Beacon family is a place, is a community to be lived in, and not left, if you're thinking of going. But I'm sure you're not. But, you know, let's hold in there. I'm sure God would have been able to provide for this family. However, uh, the text and the commentators suggest uh, that um, uh, this man, Elimelech, with his family, they made a bad move. Why would a man of Bethlehem go to a place like Moab? Bethlehem had become known as the house of bread. Why? Uh, because of God's goodness and the way he provided for his people. Uh, the whole company of Israelites, when they had left Egypt years before, came to this place, but they couldn't take the route through Moab, um, as the Moabites there prohibited them taking this easier route, and so they had to take a much longer route around Moab. You know, to go to Moab was like taking a backward step on God leading them on. So Moab wasn't the best choice, it wasn't the best thing to do. And um, it's good that we always, the choices we make, the moves we're making now, that um, they're good moves, you know, not a backward step, but they're forward steps. You know, Jesus and his church and the lovely word of God that we have are for us the house of bread. That's God's provision for us. So let us dig in and remain faithful to our brothers and sisters. We individually may not be desperate yet anyway, but the situation could change. The situation as it is for the whole of society at the moment is desperate. It's desperate for governments, for health services, for businesses, for personal finance, for the banking system, for relationships, for family, all of which are famine-like. We're going without what we normally expect. We're going without uh, um, what, we, what we like, in a sense. Is that famine-like about the situation. That's what's being created for us. So it's very similar to the story. Sometimes we make bad moves when we can't get what we want. A lot of what we like doing has been snatched away. It's not there. It's, you know, we're missing it. Social interaction, especially for the kids and the teenagers, they thrive on it. Social interaction. And a lot of it they're not going to get. 
and sometimes we're left with an experience of emptiness. You know, Naomi sums up her own situation um, in all of this. This is what she says. I went away full and the Lord has brought me back empty. That's, uh, that's not a good thing, but it's a place where God can start. And, uh, you know, he wants to show to us that Jesus can, and his word can be so much more to fulfill our lives, uh, to satisfy us, rather than relying on stuff, what we, stuff that we're used to. You know, God wants to fill our lives. He wants to fill them up with his joy, his peace, his love, and all those things, things that will keep us in times of trouble. The next point I want to make about this story is, as far as Naomi is concerned, is she made a good move, but it wasn't an easy ride. In the story you will remember that uh, Naomi heard that the Lord had visited his people. Oh, lovely. We long for God's visitation upon us, don't we? He visited his people and that food was now available back in Bethlehem, back in, back in her home country town, or whatever we might call it. And as a result, she made the decision to go back. However, it wasn't going to be an easy ride for her. You know, sometimes when we make the right decisions, it, it's not always going to be an easy ride. But nevertheless, we still need to make good decisions, however difficult they might be. That's a bit like that now. We've made good decisions to try and meet together. It's not easy. Um, we're working it out, and, um, uh, and it's not what we're used to. Um, but it's a good move because we still can interact with one another with technology. When the time comes to make tough decisions and they encounter problematic distancing or breaking away from people or situations, when the Lord is in it, he will enable and help and lead and guide because we learn from the experience of many other Christians, also from the biblical text that Jesus sticks closer than our brother. That's lovely, isn't it? You know, I will never leave you or forsake you is, is the truth of Scripture. Once we're committed to him, God is committed to us. Also, when we hear that Jesus suffered and died on that cross at Calvary for each one of us, it's like hearing that the Lord has visited his people and it is time to go back home. Surrendering to Jesus and becoming an intentional disciple to follow him is like distancing and breaking off from unhelpful relationships, bad habits, wrongdoing, deceitful practices, and then coming to the house of bread, the house of bread. It is the ultimate provision for every person is to come to Jesus Christ. He is known that the Bible tells us to be the bread of life. 
if we want to know satisfaction, true satisfaction in our lives, coming to Jesus is the answer. And that goes on through our Christian lives as well. If you feel dissatisfied, come to Jesus and spend time with him. It's so important. It's vital to our lives. I'm sure we don't really understand what's going on at the moment. Is God in it? Isn't God in it? Why is he letting it happen? Why didn't he stop it? Do you understand it? I don't understand it fully. What I knew know is that whatever is happening, God's in ultimately in total control. Last point. When all is done, let's be ready for and enjoy the harvest. The last line of the story we read about, they returned home at the time of barley harvest. That's quite significant. It don't mean much to you, probably it doesn't mean an awful lot to me, but behind it there's an awful lot going on. When all is done, let's be ready for and enjoy the harvest. On the first day of the Jewish month, Abib, the priest would inspect the ears of barley to see if they had eared out. Now said, what's that phrase all about? That means the grain breaking through the husk. If you've ever looked at a, a grain of wheat or whatever, um, as it grows, it bursts through the husk, and the husk is obviously sent away, it's blown away. That's being, when that happens, when the grain breaks through the husk, it's being eared out. It's a similar meaning to breaking out, if you like. We've been thinking about taking ground and breaking out. But it wasn't till that happened could they initiate the celebration of Passover. So to conclude, before Steve appears to wind up for the day, when all this happens, we can then legitimately use this new word for our times, unprecedented. That's what happens when the harvest comes. Amen. And God bless you. Well, thank you, David. Hi, folks. Welcome back. Uh, you see, I've brought a friend with me. Look who we got. Bob's in the house. Wonderful. Um, we're just going to spend the next few minutes just um, just talking through. You, you'll, you'll be able to enjoy our conversation just literally for a few minutes about what David's just been sharing with us um, through God's word. And then uh, we'll give some pointers of what you can do with that in just a moment. So first of all, uh, I think Bob's going to ask me a question and I've no idea what it is. What you got up your Okay, Steve. So I think one of the, the ideas is to have a difficult question. So my first one is Boris Johnson's just got the virus, hasn't he? And now, yeah. is that the judgment of God on that man? <laughs> he said he was going to be cheeky. Consternation between elders. Um, you can never say that's God's judgment on a person. Um, if you remember, um, Carl Maven shared really helpfully last week when he's talking about the subject of healing, about sometimes sin can be, can be a reason for ill health. We should never be in a place for us to say that's the case. Maybe for us personally, if we're ill, to consider if it's because of our simple lives, but to not point the finger at someone else. What I do know 
is that God uh, sends the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous, regardless of who they are. And if Boris has got the coronavirus, then he is just literally in the same boat as the rest of us. Uh, what I will say we must do is pray for him. We're told to pray for our leaders. Let's pray for um, the, the virus to pass from him quickly so he can carry on leading the country, regardless of whether you voted for him or not. Uh, let's pray for the cabinet. Let's pray for um, all their advisors in the background, the faces we don't know. Let's pray for protection over all of them. But if they do get it, they heal well. And, and ultimately, let's also keep, keep praying for them that they're protected from it in the first place. We need leadership in this country. Whether you agree with all their decisions or not, God's put them, those people in that place for a reason. Let's pray for them. How's that? Thank you, Steve. I thought that was a very good answer. Thank well you. Done. Well done. At least it's got you smiling. Well, I've Probably got, a question. Else I've got well. a question for you. I've got a question. Oh. For you. Okay. Is the Bible full of disasters and this kind of this kind of thing? We keep using the word unprecedented, and rightly so. David used that word just now. It's unprecedented. But in which case, does the Bible? Can the Bible speak into this situation? It's interesting, isn't it? When you when you look at particularly the Old Testament you see a number of things where it is really difficult for people all the way through. I'm um, meditating quite a lot on Joseph at the moment. And you think of all the things that his difficulties he went through. And actually his greatest moment was when he put away food for seven years in Egypt because of what was coming? Famine, a huge disaster was coming on the whole place. You get some of the disasters that Job went through with his whole family being wiped out. Um, and even there, um, as David was referring to, you hear this famine in the land that caused, partly caused um, the whole book uh, of Ruth. So yes, I think the Bible has actually more to say on this subject than I ever realized or imagined. And I think particularly as we dig into the Old Testament, we'll get some real nuggets out of it. Brilliant, really good. Just reinforces the need to keep reading our, reading our Bibles and to see that it's always relevant. Um, have you got a question for me? I might well have a question for you. Yeah. One of the things David said was he talked about digging in at this time. What, what would you suggest to me if I say, look, I'm finding this time hard, as I think we all are, how do I dig in? How do I dig into God? What would be your, you know, uh, wisdom from Stevie Dunn on a Sunday morning about digging in? Well, first and foremost, I say this reinforces the needs for that every day, connecting with God, daily walk with God, reading scripture, praying, you know, throughout the day, but also setting aside time to shut the door and to pray. Uh, don't let go of scripture, even if you don't feel like it. We can all have those moments when we don't feel like picking up the Bible, whether that's for a day, many days, many weeks sometimes. But regardless of how we feel, as we've just discovered, the Bible is always relevant. God's word is always applicable to today. God is always speaking through his word, whatever situation we're in. This is, now is the time to keep you know, to not stop. Keep picking up the Bible, feeding on God's word, praying, deciding to do it. And the more you decide to do it, the, more, the easier it becomes and the less it's based on our emotions as to whether we do it or not. It is intense and it is deciding to. One other thing I would say, um, there's lots of teaching out there on the internet, always has been for a very long time, especially so now. Everybody's doing it and they're mate. What I would say, if you're going to concentrate on online teaching, at the very least, primarily, focus on what's coming through from Beacon Church, from us as a leadership team. We are your shepherds, uh, under shepherds, underneath Jesus. We're, we're meant to be feeding the flock. Please receive that feeding primarily because we are speaking into a local context. We are speaking into what's going on in Herne Bay. We're speaking into what's going on in Beacon Church. 
other church leaders aren't they're speaking into their local context so please be aware of what you're feeding on is relevant to you not just really nice stuff that looks glitzy lots of uh, smoke and mirrors lots of bling there's lots of shiny out there the temptation is to channel surf please don't do that there's still good, good teaching out there i'm not dissing it i'm not saying don't listen to it don't watch it but please primarily focus on what god is putting on us to bless you with to feed you with for where you're at here in home bay brilliant thanks steve that's that's really helpful because there is so much out there and so many things we can listen to at this time totally totally i've got one more question for you and then one more question for all of us question for you how do i how do we make good good decisions over the coming week the world's in flux things keep changing it's it's not easy how do we continue to make good decisions over the next week and beyond i i think the first thing is um that because we're christians because we know jesus we can be confident and not fearful whatever the situation's going on in our our nation in our town even in our families we can be confident of him and in doing that we shouldn't respond to things in fear i think secondly when you spend a lot of time with your family how do i put it diplomatically it can cause a little bit of friction can't it you can get you spend a bit more time with people than you otherwise would do and you find out some of their quirks a little bit more and i think part of that is us being patient people it's supposed to be fruit of the spirit isn't it that we're patient with one another um, that we are thinking the best of one another and i think that's really important at the moment that we just really give ourselves um, a little bit of time um, and i think also that what you've said is to be prayerful you know if we're going to put something on social media about our faith you always know that when you do that you could get a backlash so it's really being prayerful and thoughtful about that making wise decisions um, not being fearful um, being generous to one another particularly those in family and then being prayerful about the future you know there's such exciting things for us as a community that could come out of this you know um, let's let's focus on what God could do and what he is doing uh, in our community by his spirit oh I was muted excellent stuff brilliant well done Bob thank you so much uh, guys there are some questions you can now pause and go back and listen to again if you want to uh, that's a help conversation with whoever's in the room with you or whoever you might be on the phone with um, but one more question for all of us which will then help us pray um, here's a question David was talking about the harvest right at the end wasn't he what do you expect wish you know want dream that harvest to be let's let's dream big dreams of what god could do let's have high expectations of what that harvest could look like press pause speak to whoever's in the room on the blower with you about what that harvest could be dream big dreams for a few minutes and then get to praying and for as long as it takes pray into those dreams you've just come up with amen amen, amen. great one stevie okay press pause if you haven't already done that pray and you're back in the room okay uh, let me just finish to say thank you so much for joining us again Sunday morning. Uh, you'll see in the links below, you'll see two um, songs I'll have put on there. One of which is a brand new song by Ollie Knight at uh, City Church Canterbury. He's one of our friends, many of you have met him. He's written a brand new song called You Hold the World. It's a really, really good song. It's written for this situation. The video literally came out on Friday. Um, click on the link. There's words are available. You can watch it through a couple of times to pick up the melody. Uh, it's just a really helpful way to worship, to celebrate to entrust ourselves to God, to trust his sovereignty, 
and uh, just to give it all back to Jesus and to give him the glory. So please do participate if you haven't already earlier on uh, with those songs and let's worship together. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday and you'll see one or some of us again during the week. We love you guys. See you later. Do you want to say goodbye, Bob? Bye. Bye. Love you. Bye-bye. Have a good week.